Number 10. Share a couple of things out of here. And, number, and, and we, we thank God I'm not going to be, I don't think I'm going to be as long today. Oh. We're going to sow in the passion for the rest of the year. So this is probably where we will be. Hallelujah. We may even start jumping into the Song of Songs. The Song of Solomon. I never would have thought I'd teach from that book. That's one book I avoid. Because I don't understand it. It's just too sweet and fluffy. No rebuking, no routing, no cutting this. My beloved. It's too much like the bold and the beautiful. I don't understand this, Lord. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 10. Look at this. Look at, this, is, this is John, the beloved. All right? um, Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned I saw seven golden lampstands. Candlesticks actually means lampstands. I wonder if there's anybody that remembered about the, the five foolish virgins that didn't have their lamps lit. I saw seven golden candlesticks, lampstands, and in the midst, in the middle, in presence, in the midst of the seven <clears throat> candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Go to verse number 20. Verse number 20 reads, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands, burning lampstands, candlesticks which thou saw, are the seven burning churches. Right? As far as God is concerned, a church is supposed to be a lampstand. When he looks at a church, he's, he's supposed to see a lampstand. He wants to see something burning. Amen? Everybody following that? Right? And so now, Revelation chapter 2, because how he, that mystery of 1, how he ends and solves the mystery of chapter 1, helps us understand the issue he has with the church of Ephesus. He is the God that stands in the midst of the seven burning churches. Right. The seven lampstands. If you ain't burning, he ain't in the midst of it. Right. right. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, unto the angel 
of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Right? I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. This is the church of Ephesus, a burning church. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. And hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless. I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Verse 5. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy lampstand, thy candlestick, out of his place, except thou repent. Father, we just thank you and we just bless you right now that you would speak clearly unto us on this night. We say yes to being the candlestick. We say yes to being the lampstand on fire. So unto a a burning people on tonight. Instigate greater flames of, of, of passion in our hearts. Bring us into the kingdom reality of loving you with all of our hearts. We thank you and we bless you right now that it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. I'm going to, I want to go back over verse 12 and 20 because I believe that they now help us understand what the Lord wants to reveal to us about himself. Now keep in mind that the book of Revelation, if you look at the first five words of the book of Revelation, what are they? In the chapter number one, the, ver- the first verse, if we look at it, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. The first five words of the book of Revelation is the revelation or the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It is not the revelation of the Antichrist. We do not read the book of Revelation to learn about the Antichrist. It is not about revealing the Antichrist to us. It is not revealing to us about how revealing to us how bad it's going to be. It's about revealing to us Jesus Christ. I believe we've been reading the book for the wrong reason. Right? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not the dragon, not the serpent, not Mystery Babylon, although those are all parts of the book. It's actually about revealing him. So we got to refocus ourselves back on Jesus in the book of Revelation. Amen? If we look at verse number 12, it says, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the paths with a golden girdle. Verse number 20 goes on to say, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand. This is Jesus speaking to John. Or excuse me, amen. And the seven golden candlesticks. 
The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. This now, if we're following this text, this particular portion of the revelation of Jesus Christ reveals to us where Jesus stands. Come on. You always want to know where somebody stands. This reveals to us where Jesus stands. Where but the best way I could put it is where we have access to his standing presence. Right. Right? I, I want to deal with that. We talked about him being girded. His girded presence. His girded presence is um, inextricably tied to his standing presence. And I'm going to break down what that means. But he stands in the midst and, and moves in the midst of the, of the seven candlesticks. Jesus stands in the midst of the seven candlesticks, which we know actually translates lampstands or candelabrums. Candelabrums, right? Now, in other words, what he's saying is access to his standing presence is in the midst of lit lamps. Please follow what I'm saying. Jesus remains in the midst of lamps that never stop burning. If there are believers who are burning, Jesus' standing presence is in the midst of their fire. God will get in the middle of our fire. He's always in the midst of burning believers. Now, the key about that is Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father, but stands in the midst of burning believers. Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father, but stands in the midst of of the fire of burning believers. So in the fire, Jesus doesn't sit. He stands. Why is that? Why is that something we need to point out? Because standing, please hear me, is the posture that always precedes moving. Right. The reason why I stand is not because I'm just going to sit here in front of the couch. If I stand up from the couch, it is a posture that prophesies to everybody in the room I'm about to move. The fact that I stood up from the chair is prophesying to you I'm about to move. It is his standing presence. Not burning believers have access to the move of God. See, what I'm trying to help you understand is when we start burning, it guarantees that he's going to start moving because he stands in the midst of lit lamps and burning candles. Burning is the gateway through which a move of God is released. The only reason why God has been moving the way that he's been moving is because there's some people in the house that have started burning and anytime there is fire, he's standing. And anytime he's standing, he's saying, I'm moving. I'm going to move on hearts. I'm going to move on minds. I'm going to move on families. I'm going to move in your body. I'm going to move in your circumstance. He's in the midst of the fire standing waiting to move. Standing always precedes moving. That is the revelation of where we can always find Jesus standing. Why does he want us to know that revelation? Because I need you to know where I'm standing. In other words, I need you to know where you always have access to me moving. I need, it's the revelation of where God will always move. 
He's always standing where there are a people who are burning. If we never know where Jesus stands, we know where Jesus stands now. Hallelujah. Now, I want to move of God. We'll light something. I want to see God give me a hunger to light something. What are you willing to light to see a move? The intent for which Jesus baptizes us with fire, the reason why he lights us up with passion is so that we can be the light of the world. He's not talking about us walking around with a torch. He's talking about us walking around in passion. Amen. Now, now the light of the world are believers with lit who live lit lifestyles that burn in passion from a flame that came from heaven. Don't you ever think for a moment that Krabushanda, don't you ever think for a moment that it was just a tongue that came down on the day of Pentecost. You better pay close attention. It was a tongue that was fire. It wasn't a tongue on fire. It was a tongue made out of fire. Glory be to God. That he put in their mouth. He put a flame that came down from heaven. Now, if 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 the fire, oh God, if the fire came from a lighter, it could be put out. If the fire came from somebody who threw a cigarette out of their window and it caught some hay, it can be put out no matter how big it gets. But if the fire came from heaven, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. If the fire came from heaven, then there's no way it can ever burn out. That means the very nature of the passion that was put in your heart has an eternal aspect to it where the winds and the waves cannot blow it out. They didn't just get a tongue on fire. They got a tongue that ha- that was made out of fire. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. So, so now, the intent, I'm going to say that again. The intent for which Jesus baptizes us with fire, the reason why he lights us up with passion is so that we can be the light of the world. Light, what does light do? Light functions to bring into visibility something that without the illuminating light would not be visible. Everybody follow what I'm saying? If we cut all these lights off right now, there are certain things that we wouldn't be visible, including me. The light functions to make me visible to you. Without the lights, we wouldn't be visible to each other, nor would I be visible to you. We are the light of the world through being lit up with passion for Jesus. What we make visible, please hear me, to the world that isn't visible to the world without a burning bride is we illuminate the place where Jesus' standing presence can be encountered. Where there are people burning, there's a light showing the world where they can encounter his presence because he's always in the midst of a burning people. So I am the light that lights the path to which you can encounter the presence of God. You can get around my fire and be touched by his presence. You can get around my fire and hear his voice. I am the light of the world. But I don't show people the 
color of carpets with my life. I don't show people uh, furniture with my life. I show people a God that can't be seen with my life. My light lights the path to the presence of a God that can't be seen by eyes because he's always in the midst of my fire. You want to encounter God, hang around me because he's always in the midst of it. You want to encounter God, hang around. We are the light of the world. That don't mean we tell people all the good deeds they need to do to be good little boys and girls. We light up a presence that can't be seen unless you have passion that lights up a path to a presence. My passion lights up a presence. Come on, my shout lights up a presence. My praise lights up a presence. Come on, my hunger lights up a presence. Come on, my desire in the morning lights up a presence. I am the light of the world. My hunger in the cafeteria at lunch for God and not just for my food is the light of the world lighting up a presence that can't be seen by the world. You are the light of the world. Why? Because Jesus stands in the midst of burning lamps. Come on, standing is the posture that precedes moving. If there's no one burning, the world is restricted from encountering the moving presence of Jesus Christ. Amen. Did y'all hear what I just said? If there's no one burning, there is no light that lights up the place where he's always standing. He's he's eternally. You know where he's standing right now? In the midst of the last stand. You know what else? He's also sitting on the right hand of the Father too. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father, standing in the midst of the golden candlesticks and being inhabited in our praise all at the same time. Why? Because he's God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Bless his name. He can be in all places at the same time. He is not isolated. He is omnipresent. Glory be to God. So he was, is, and is to come. He came, he's coming, and he's going to come all at the same time. He is the God that has given me more. And is going to give me more of him tomorrow than I have today. Simply because he's too big for me to experience in one day. He's too big for me to experience in a lifetime. So I want more. I want more. How can you be sitting, standing, and inhabiting all at the same time? Unless you're God. Watch this. So, much of the world is yet to experience Jesus' presence simply because he can't be in the midst of something that isn't burning. He stands in the midst, come on, of fiery, lit lamps. He's not in the midst of an organized bride. Can I talk to you? He's in the midst of a burning bride. He's not in the midst of a bride with 5,000 members. A large bride. He's in the midst of a burning bride. He's not in the midst of a bride that does ministry in excellence. A.K.A. I know how to impress people with my programs. He's in the midst of a burning bride. Fire illuminates Jesus' presence for the world to see but because we've made
made church about numerical growth, corporate administration, and getting deeper pockets. Okay, ain't that what it is? We got to get organized. Uh, glory be to God. We got to now take the model of, of corporations so we can replicate our, our brand. Just like McDonald's got three McDonald's. Uh, now we got to have three glorious remnants. Uh, and everybody got to say and serve the same cheeseburger, hamburger. Everybody got to serve the same Big Mac. As a matter of fact, put a screen on your church so now your church can look at me even though you're in another city and you can watch me on the screen because all the Chick-fil-A's have to be similar. It is not kingdom. That's a corporate model. God never called you to come and look at somebody's screen. You need to feel somebody's heart. You need a father that you can look at eye to eye. Why? Because fathers have fires in their eyes. The Bible says, I wish I had time to talk about it. The Bible says that Jesus, he now stood after John looked at him and heard the voice behind him and his hair was white as wool. Glory be to God. That means that he had everlasting wisdom. It spoke of the wisdom of him. But the Bible says now that he had now a, a, a girdle down to his legs and, and the, a golden path around his girdle. His feet were refined. Uh, they were like uh, bronze, but the key thing is when John looked in his eyes, the Bible says John saw flames. His his eyes were on the fire. His eye, oh yeah, his eye, anytime you look in Jesus' eyes, uh, you gonna see fire. His eyes are always on the, the fire. Oh that I wish the world was on fire. I wish that it was already kindled. Glory be to God. His eyes. What I'm telling you is, Lord, what happened before we got, I got up here and preached, Jesus' eyes were on that fire. And the only reason, see, some of you don't understand that we just stole an angel's song. God, I wish somebody, when Lady Mary grabbed the mic and said what she said, God's eyes were on her fire and God allowed her to listen to what angels sing in heaven and allowed her to give it to us in earth. And so up, 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 y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Up, 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 we went because now as it is in heaven, so it is in earth. Somebody say up, up, up. His eyes are on We're stealing angel songs. That's why the atmosphere changes, because heaven came into earth. It was a different sound. Come on, somebody bless him up in here. Watch this. Watch this. Because we've made church about numerical growth, corporate administration, and deeper pockets, we found ourselves doing much more church than we are experiencing presence. Come on, ain't that true? There's much more church happening than presence being encountered. And, 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 and I must say this, because he's in the midst of the fire. 
And we're having church to see how successful we can become. Can I say something right now that's controversial? He's not necessarily in the midst of our success. He does not need to be in the midst of your success. He can give you success without him. Ask Moses. Look, you go ahead and take the promise. I'm going to give you success and let you get the land flowing with milk and honey. But I ain't going up with you. I ain't going up with you because I ain't got to be in your midst for you to start a business. Oh, my God. I ain't got to be in your midst for you to become debt free. Now, that don't mean you shouldn't start a business. Don't go there either. Go to that extreme. That don't mean you shouldn't work and that don't mean you shouldn't prosper. I am not saying that either. We jump all the way to the other extreme. But what that means is that's not proof necessarily that God is in our midst. Amen. Amen. We can have success without his presence, but we can't burn without it. Amen. So one thing the Lord told me to tell you all is that the Lord has purposely for years restrained measures of his presence from coming in to our meetings. We have times where he comes in and time, and God says, I purposely did that with the intention of inviting you back to the fire. I purposely had you in times where it was hit and miss with my presence. There were times where they were, and there were times where they weren't. There were times when, when, when it was heavy, and then the next week, there were times where you couldn't feel nothing in the atmosphere. And God said, I restrained my presence. I, I didn't restrain my presence because I was rejecting you. I restrained my presence because I loved you so much until I could order your steps to a place called passion. And as soon as you start tapping into passion, presence was no longer hit or miss. I was just inviting you back to the fire. And so now we've spent more time uh, elongated in the glory of God than we ever have in 12 years of ministry because God loved us enough to restrain His presence until we got back to the place where we said we just need the fire. God, I just want to love you. I don't care if it works or don't work. At the end of the day, I just want to bless your holy name. He's reminding us that we are the light of the world. That our passion is the only light that the world has that lights the path to the presence of the very living God. Without passion, there are some people who will never encounter presence, who will never, amen, um, um, see God move simply because the light is lacking passion. Amen. Passion illuminates where Jesus always is. Passion illuminates where Jesus always is. When we're lit, we become the light that lights up the place of his presence. Come on, we are the light. Come on, I need somebody to look, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am the light of the world. Now watch this. I needed us to understand that because that was part of that revelation. He wanted us to under the Lord wants us to He wants to be revealed to us through eyes that see through passion, 
that he always is standing to encounter us in a move of God in the place of fire. He's always in the midst of the 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 people that are intentionally clapping their hands. Not because somebody told them, but I want to bless this God that are all in during where he's always there. Now watch this. If you look at Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 1, I want to go to the church of Ephesus. Because they now, God has an issue with them and it ties into the lampstand. Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 2 verse number 1. Says unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh where of the seven golden candlesticks. What does he do in the seven golden candlesticks? He moves. He always intended for a move of God to be in the burning church. We are never supposed to come together, and a move of God doesn't happen. He's always moving in the midst of the burning. Amen? Amen. He walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Look at verse number two. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Listen to the description of Ephesus' ministry now. And hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. You all see that? Does it seem like the Lord should have a problem with them? Listen to everything that they're doing. Did you listen to the description of that church? I'm going to be honest with you. That sounds a lot like kingdom life. I, when I read the description of how that church functioned, I looked at myself in the mirror. God, that's me. Now, now watch this church. The church of Ephesus operated in a cutting edge measure of discernment. They operated in cutting edge discernment by the which they were capable of recognizing as evil what others in the body accepted as good. Things that other churches thought were okay... They had a cutting edge discernment that could now say, no, that is not good. That even though it's accepted, that ain't good. They had labored for Jesus's namesake. Isn't that what it said? They worked tediously. Come on. They worked feverishly to ensure Jesus wasn't misrepresented by false gifts operating in his name. False gifts that lack the integrity, the character, and the anointing to properly represent who Jesus was. They worked feverishly for that. They functioned in this ministry of discernment. Follow the text. They functioned in this ministry of discernment so effectively that they were, to, they were able to call out false apostolic gifts that the rest of the body had now uh, looked at and deemed as legitimate apostolic authority. They were a, and, and, and the Bible says, and proved them liars. They were able to now, with their ministry, now shed light on the fact of people who had now surrendered their uh, submission to men and women who called themselves apostles and were not apostles 
so effectively that these men and women begin to come out from under their influence because they recognize they really weren't what they, who they said they were. They were delivering men from false apostolic influence. Ain't that what that says? I don't know about you. If you know anything about kingdom life, you've got to understand that we're good at that. Amen? Their, their, this is the key. Their ministry became centered around exposing false ministry. And it cost them their first love. Come on, right. Come on. Their ministry centered around protecting the name of Jesus so all of it was focused on pointing out what was wrong. That was their entire ministry. Amen. And it cost them their first love. Now I'm going to share this with you and it's so, so powerful. I'm going to read verse 4 in in, in the um, King James Version and you can put it up, put that slide up in the Passion Version. I'm going to read in the King James Version. It says in verse number four, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember there from which thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. If you read that in the Passion Version, it says, But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you've fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you've fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. That word works is the Greek word ergon. E-R-G-O-N. It means deeds. The word works mean he did not say, in other words, he said from the Passion Translation, repent and do the deeds of love you did at first. The King James Version would read then, repent and do the first deeds. The first deeds, not the first works. God, there's a big difference. Deeds aren't works and works aren't deeds. Works are the requirements, the required things we do for ministry. Works are the required. If, if, if you count the money, that's a work. If, 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 if you pray, go out and pray for the sick, that's your work. If, 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 if you got to preach, uh, that's your work. If, if, if you go out and witness, that's your work. Amen. But uh, deeds now are the voluntary things we do for more of Jesus after Jesus first touches us. Works is what the church tells us to do. Deeds is what we do because we just want more Jesus. Deeds have nothing to do with what anyone told us to do. But it is because for the first time, his love, there there comes the first time, his love and your heart have a head-on collision. There are times, don't get me wrong, there are times before that time where you're touched by God and you cry and say, I'm going to change. There are times where you say, I'm going to start going to church, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. But then there comes that first love time where his love so overwhelms you that he now delivers you from stuff that you never thought you could be delivered from. And it's all by the love of God. And it puts 
something inside of you that says, I'm going to love this God that first loved me. And so now you just start getting up early in the morning before work because I felt this God's love and this God's love, I want to love him back. And so now when you get a break, you're in the Bible. You're memorizing scriptures. You're pulling over in the side of the road praising. Those aren't works. Those are deeds. That's deeds from your first love. Every moment you get, you're praising. Every time you talk to somebody, you're talking to somebody about the love of your life. Your mouth can't stay close to Jesus. In the morning and afternoon, glory be to God, you're waking up early and staying up late just to cultivate and, and to now allow yourself to be courted by this God that has now delivered your heart and there are deeds. Anybody remember those times and those deeds when you were just on fire for God where you could still pull over? Anybody ever really did that before? You've been riding down the street and the glory of God falls so much that you pull over on the side of I-95 and you're in the weeds. You're in the weeds with your hands lifted. Say hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the living God. That ain't a word. That's a deed. Remember. God It's 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 my free will offerings. That's the deeds. It's what I offered because what he gave me. I love him because he first loved me. Please hear this. Love from one has power to conceive love in another. I don't care if you don't love me. Real love loves what doesn't love them until that love conceives love in that individual for the one that refused to stop loving them even when they didn't weren't loved back. Love doesn't need love to love. Love can actually have a baby called love in somebody else's spirit. We love him because he, what? They won't love me back. Just love them until they have the baby called love. We love him because he first loved us. His love for me can produce in me a love for him. How many of you love God 15 years ago like you love God now? How many of you would be in church on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving 15 years ago? How many of you would have, on at the last minute, drove an hour and a half to go to a church service that was unannounced on the calendar 10 years ago? Not many of you, did you? But you messed around over the last 10 years. You always hear what I'm saying? And you kept on feeling the love of God. God's love kept on wrapping itself around your heart. And every time you feel His love, it instigates a love back. I love him because he first loved me. First love produces first deeds. God, I thank you, Lord. Amen. And this is key. And this is the sad thing. I need y'all to hear this. If we're not careful, our deeds will die at the hands of our works. God, I hope you just heard what I just said. If we're not careful, we'll allow our works to kill our deeds. We'll get so caught up into what we have to do for the ministry that we'll stop giving deeds of devotion. 
Prayer time is gone, but I'm I'm in place for praise team rehearsal. Hallelujah. You, you hear what I'm saying? I, I go to work. I do what I'm told to do. I'm always in place. I'm in place, but I'm never in a posture of worship when I don't have to be in place. Now, I've allowed my works to kill my deeds, and now I have fallen from deeds to strictly works. Most of the time I spend for God is spent doing something I'm required to do for ministry. Yes, yes, yes. Right yes, now. yes, yes. Anytime, most of the time we're spending for God is because of what's required for ministry. Amen. We have fallen from work, from these to works. Everybody follow what I'm saying? And that's what God is telling this church. He said, I thank God for what you've done. It has actually been beneficial. But you, you left your first deeds. You don't wake up excited anymore to, just to figure out what, what is God going to speak to me today. I, that's what I wanted. I thank God that you know how to write a sermon out. But I, 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 when was the time you just going to read the Bible just to read it again? You're not studying because you got to preach. You're studying because you want to get closer to me. Where are the first We find ourselves committed to serving and broke up from passion. Come on. We walk away from passion to be committed to serving. He said, look, you're faithful and you refuse to fail. You keep on going and keep on going because, because you know how to endure, but you've still lost your love. Come on. You just like that husband and wife that are still together. They're together for 40 years. Amen. But they just know how to endure. They ain't in love no more. They sleep in separate beds. They have two separate lives. They have separate accounts. He does his thing. I do my thing. And God said, I'm tired of sleeping on the couch. Um, Glory be to God. I'm tired. Glory be to God. I'm tired of us not being in the same world. I'm tired of us not being on the same accord. I'm tired of us not making love. There are a married couple. I thank God that you've been married for 50 years. But you've really only been together for 10 of them. Glory be to God. The other 40, you were just doing the works. There are no deeds. Ain't no flowers being bought no more. Ain't no good morning kisses on the cheek anymore. Ain't no baby you look good today no more. Ain't no surprise lunches anymore. Ain't no more going out no more. He said, where are the Come on, you used to surprise me with praise. You you used to surprise, wake up in the morning and surprise me with prayer. It wasn't even your prayer time, but you just wanted to get up and go hard after me. He said, where are the first deeds? It ain't got nothing to do with anything anybody told you to do. But there's a passion that stimulated something inside of you to say, I'm going after God. Thank you, Lord. I'm warning you right now. Don't you get so caught up in your works that you fall from your first deeds. Don't you dare get so caught up in trying to further this ministry that you fall from your first deeds. My God, get back to loving on God. Get back to fiery focus. Get back to passion and praise. Get back to waking up in the morning. Get back to taking lunches with Jesus. Get back to seeking His face. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. 
God. Yes, yes, yes. God, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord. 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 you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, you remember how you and God used to be. And some of you never have a history of deeds. Some of you only know servitude. Some of you don't know pastors. You only know pharaohs. All pharaohs want you to do is build stuff. And so now, God has to deliver Israel from Pharaoh so he can find somebody to love them. Come out of Egypt so they can worship. Because as long as they're focused on building and they never learn worship, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying, they will operate in works and never understand these. The Passion Translation says, think about how far you fall. To fall from deeds to only works is a great fall. It It ain't a small fall. My God, if you are not being uh, uh, instantaneously and spontaneously instigated towards God at times, if you are only reading books when you're told to read a book, if you are only studying texts when you're told to, if you're only in church because it's time for church, glory be to God, you have fallen from your first deeds or you've never met your first love. Why is it such a great fall? Because the only thing that can come out of men and women serving God who are not passionate for God is religion. You know what God saved us from? Going into religion. You know why God told us to stop doing all the works? Because nobody was really living in deeds. God Almighty. What's the point of doing the works? What's the point of aim and the people doing aim ain't passionately on fire for God? So all we're doing is teaching facts. We have a form with no power. Do you understand a form, what a form is with no power? It is actually, religion is really a form with no presence. The reason why religion is a form with no power is because religion is a form with no presence because the only thing that gives us access to presence is passion. You have lost the thing that can cause people to encounter presence so all you can do is tell people about God but you can't bring people into an encounter with God because your passion is not the light that lights up the path to his presence and so now religion can only be formed. Because you're doing works and have no deeds. Thank you, Lord. Can I help you understand something? The Lord doesn't stand in the midst of organized people. He stands in the midst of burning people. Passion is what unlocks the presence and the performance of the Lord. If we fall from deeds to just works, then we're working without passion. Which means our works may offer prayer. Come on. Our works may offer good music. Our works may offer great children's church. But our church can't offer presents. My God, I would rather have horrible children's church and be able to offer presents. I would rather have music with folk who can't stay on key and still be able to offer presents. What happens when we're offering everything but what we're supposed to be offering? offering people. And that is the 
presence of God that never leaves a people that stay lit. He's in the midst of the seven burning lampstands. God was telling his church, why aren't you burning anymore? Aren't you burning anymore? What happens is, I become light that can no longer light the path. What happens when I'm a light? And I can no longer light the path to his presence. Then I'm darkness. If the light, if I listen to you, I'll be in the dark because you have no presence to introduce me to. You have right, right theology and wrong relationship. So you're the worst type of deceiver. I'm going to say that again. You have right theology but wrong relationship. So your theology illustrates relationship but your life has not. And so now if I follow you, I'll never have a relationship with him because you're working without deeds. Everybody follow what I'm, I'm trying to describe this in a way where you catch what I'm trying to say. Why we can't afford to go without fire. Why God is calling you back to your first love. Your first deeds. Come on, you remember when he first touched you? You remember those times where it didn't matter what song came on the radio you went in? You didn't have to wait for a song. Amen. Glory be to God. And God's presence would come in and touch you in a way. There were times where you would accidentally start speaking in tongues because you were so tied into the presence of God. I remember being in my classroom and teaching math and in the middle of going through the division process and I'll have to pull myself back in and finish the class and it got so common. My passion got so common to the children. The first times I did it they said what in the world is that? But they started looking at each other and they'd say, oh man, but Charlie, don't worry about it. He's just getting the Holy Ghost again. That's just what like they understood. Mr. Merritt now had a passion for God that sometimes interrupted class and it got to the point because my passion interrupted class when it came for test time. My children, my students, so you might as well have been our children, they would line up in front of me one by one with their head down and say put your hands on me and pray for my mind before I take this test because my passion burned in the classroom to a place where the children start understanding there's a God on high and so on the front of the Charlotte Observer in our glory in a heathen world that says we can't pray in school they take a picture of me put it on the front page of the Charlotte Observer with me lining up my kids laying hands on their mind and saying you will pass this test I give you congeniality of thoughts I bring back everything to remember what you learned in class passion did when you love you're no longer under the law you know what people came up to me and said that they had me on the front of Charlotte's Urban I don't know why they did that that's against the law Love brings you from under the jurisdiction of the law. Stop trying to put me under the law that you don't qualify to come from under because you don't love hard enough. You're trying to put me under your laws, but the law no longer applies. That's just until love hits your heart. 
I'm talking about passion, man. Passion. Watch this. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. says here, think about how far you have fallen. Right? Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Can I say that candlestick real fast? I want to show you something. Uh, um, yeah. Yes, sir, please. Listen, I want y'all to see something so profound in this about the consequence of knowing you falling from your first deed and not repenting and continuing just to work. Let me tell you something. When you're operating in deeds, you still work. But your work flow out of your deeds. You don't think your works are your deeds. Now, in actuality, it was a seven-stand lampstand. Right? It was a seven-standing lampstand. I only was able to get this five-standing lampstand um, simply because that's what's in the budget. Okay? We ain't going to buy a new one. Y'all just got to act like the five is the seven. Hallelujah. Bless his name. It was seven of them. Oh, You see how John was looking at me when he stood up there with that camera? Like, no, it is seven. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to light these candles. I don't want this to drip on you. If it do, you got to work it. Blow it out. I want, y'all to, I want y'all to turn out the lights. Jalen said yes. Y'all put your arms around him and make sure he don't move. I heard it. I heard it. You didn't think I knew your voice like that, did you? I ain't looked back there. I knew that was Jamie. Yes. I know you I know your voice, son. I know your voice. God bless you. Thank you. Watch this. Somebody close that door back. He says now, you can cut, you can cut the projector off. He says now, hallelujah. He says that you are the light of the world. As darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, a light shall be seen upon you. You are the light of the world. You are a light that lights the path to the presence of the living God. Now watch this because this is so, so profound. As soon as this um, thing goes off, it, it, it acts like it want to do everything but go off. Right? Now, if we look at this, what happens is this. All the light is here. God says, if you don't repent from going, falling from deeds just to works, I am going to remove your candle, not blow it out. So what he says he's going to do is, I'm just going to take it out of its position and move it back here. You're still a light. You're just not the light of the world. Now, instead, you, have, you are a light that can only light up darkness. You're, you can only illuminate people to the presence of Satan, not to God. 
Paul, Paul, you can you you no longer can light the path to the presence of God. You can only light the path to discerning how the enemy is working. And so now there is an increased there is an increased sense of the devils being busy. There's an increased sense of, of now the spirit of, of Python, the, the, the spirit of Jezebel, the, 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 the spirit of offense, the, the, all these things that we're lighting. But God said, I didn't call you to be a light to the path to the spirit of Jezebel. I didn't call you to be a light to the path to now the spirit of Python. I called you to light the path to my presence. And But if you do not repent and you now go back to loving me so you can light the path to me. I'm not going to blow you out. I'm just going to remove your candle and all you'll be able to do is show darkness. So now you have churches that preach. Only thing they can do is to preach against everything that ain't right. They never can tell you who God really is. All they can tell you is what God ain't. Their candlestick has been removed. They can no longer be God conscious. They can only be Satan conscious. If, 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 if the devil is around, they'll be the first to tell you. If God shows up, they can't even sense it. If the devil is busy, they'll be the first to tell you. If God is moving, they ain't even know it happened. They're in church looking at their neighbors and can't get their breakthrough because they look at the evil in their neighbors. Are you a candle that been moved out of its place? And you forgot your job is not to be a policeman but a fireman? Have you, oh, I'm going to tell you again. You are not, you, you do not use the law. You are not under the law, nor are you a policeman. You're a fireman. You're supposed to chase the fire. And, and as we do, we rebuke Jezebel. But we're going after presence. And every time Jezebel gets in front of the presence, we kick her horse butt beside and we keep on going after the presence. And when the spirit of a fish shows up, we bind the spirit of a fish, move it aside, and we go back after the presence of God. figuring out how bad things are. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. We're supposed to be given a revelation of who he is. Not who Satan is. You got to watch them. Because I told you, you got to watch them. Now look, you gotta, but but the, the Bible says what sort of things are good. You going to tell me they ain't got no good in them? So why are you going to magnify the bad in them to make me look at them through the lens of the bad? And they still got good in them. And so now you shut me down from receiving from them. Now I can't receive from them because you have now pointed out their inadequacy and, and instead of the grace that's on their life. And so now when they operate in their grace, all I'm thinking about is their inadequacy because there was somebody who had a candle who was moved that can only see people's darkness and not how God is moving in their life. And so now I can't even receive from nobody but pastor. Try to help somebody up in this house right now. Don't allow the enemy to move your candle. I'm telling you right now, uh, Marcus got issues, but he has a, a gift that can bless this house. I'm telling you right now, 
Kevin Charles has issues, but he has a gift that can bless this house. I'm telling you right now, Edwin Mills is not perfect, but there's power of God on that man to deliver souls from hell. He doesn't say, you'll stay burning. You'll just stay burning for the dragon. Not burning for the presence. I will move your candlestick. I will not put it out. Hallelujah. My God, how, how, how. That right there, Denitra brought fear to my heart. I said, my God, so you still won't let me burn, God. So I'm still going to be burning. I'm still going to have the, the passion, the motivation, and the desire. All to light up the wrong thing. All to show the wrong thing if I don't repent and go back to my first love. My God, when the Lord started dealing with me on that, tears began to stream down my face. I said, my God, I was doing it to help people. The only reason why I did that is because I wanted to help people from, from falling into falseness. But I, I forgot that I'm called to light up what's true. I'm not called to illuminate what's false. And, and as I now live in what's true, people will know what's false. God, I'm going back to my first deed. See, because when you light up darkness, you have to do the work. So... So that's why ministry is so heavy and so tiresome. Why? Because your candle is in the wrong place and all you can see is people's darkness. All you can see is the darkness of the church. There's some of you right now that are fighting and can't get the breakthrough because you see issues in the church. Right. Things that pastor needs to address and people that pastor need to straighten out and things that ain't right. Amen. You, you're allowing the enemy to move your candlestick and keeping you from the glory that's falling even now. But I call you back to your first love tonight. Do you hear what I said? I call you back to your first love. God said, "The re- you understand? Did you see God's mercy, Laura? Did you see God's mercy, Demars? He said, the reason why I ain't going to blow you out, because if you repent, I'm going to put you back. <laughs> if you just turn, if you hear the call back to your first deeds, I'm not going to blow you out, because I... I and protected a place for you. I'm going to put you back in the place where you can feel me like you used to feel me. I'm going to put you back to the place where where you sing, you can be touched by the glory. I'm going to put you back to the place where when you open your Bible, it jumps up like a pop-up book because the passion for God on your life is so strong for me. I'm not going to blow you out. I'm just going to remove you because I love you too much and I know you love me too. I just need you to go back to your first Anybody thank God for a God of mercy that he didn't let the fire go out? Is there anybody in here that can declare out of your mouth, I see it. It ain't the fire it used to be, but it ain't went out yet. It ain't as hot as it used to be, but I thank God that a smoking flax he did not put out. But he allowed me to burn with a little bit of burn that I had until he called me back to the passions of God. I need about 20 people that understand the mercy of God to stand to your feet and bless this God that is faithful. 
Listen. Listen. God says, I'm not going to turn back on the lights. Because God says, I need you to see who you are. Why do you want a job where there's light when you're the light of the world? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why are you running because your marriage is a little bit dark and you're the light of the world? Thank you, Lord. I'm reminding you of who you are. If you're light, you don't have to turn one on. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill. I created you to burn. Come on, I created you for fire. I created you for passion. Come on, can you feel that pull in your belly right now? You were made for this. You were made to burn in the darkness you're in. You were made to burn in the issues that you face. You were you were created. You are the light of the world. I want to pray. You know what we're praying for? We're not praying for that we have a great organizational year. We're not praying that 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 for a great year of prosperity. Even though, look, I thank God for the prosperity and I believe that's a part of it. But we're praying for passion. Nothing else. Just passion and fire for God. We decree and declare that this is the year of the wildfire. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Can you hear God calling you back to your first deeds? Come on, can you hear God calling you back to your first love? Can you hear him calling you back to passion? Come on, can you hear that? Can you, can you see it? Come on, do you feel the tug of the spirit of the living God? Thank you, God. Return to your first love. Let's not remove your candle from its lampstand. And you can no longer show good, but all you can do is call out evil. I know thy works and thy patience and thy labor. And that how you can't stand those who are evil. And how you, you, you called out those who called themselves apostles and were not and proved them to be liars. And I commend you for it. It's not that it doesn't need to be done. It's just not all that needs to be done. You allowed it to cost you your first love. Come on, you allowed making sure you were in place. You, you allowed making sure on schedule. You allowed making sure that, that, we, that we followed uh, uh, the plan. And amen, you allowed it to bring you from your first love. You fell from deeds to works. Come on, I know I'm talking to somebody in here. But I remind you on this morning of the love affair that me and you had. Of the fellowship that we walked in. And today I speak over your life, restoration of your fire. Restore. Restore. I restore your fire and I restore your place. 
in the midst of the place where standing presence is always available. I call you back to the place where every day of your life is a move of God. My God, if he ain't moving on the outside, he's definitely moving on the inside. That your mornings will be moves of God. That your work day will be moves of God. I call you back to your first love. My bride and my love. Them that I jealously long for. Come on. The Lord says I jealously long for you. I didn't blow you out, even though you've fallen from your deeds. I didn't blow you out because I love you too much. And your fire is too precious to me. But I call you out of witch hunting. I call you, I call you out of evil chasing. Call you out of, of war of, of, of constant warring in your soul and in your spirit. And I call you back to the simplicity of the love that me and you had when I first delivered you, when I first when I first touched you with my heart, and you felt it in your heart, and you knew from that moment that you were loved too much to stay where you were. Oh, my mind. Come on, you remember it? The drug that you tried to stop a thousand times. One touch of his love and it stopped it. And when you tried to go back, you couldn't go back. I'll call you back to your first day. Sunday. Can I know more?